BYUSN, Viva Mexico! The Big 12 looks south with international visions of grand competition. Plus, the University of Arizona president confirms it's all about the Benjamins. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, June 8th. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who could write a book on avoiding the boot from Provo Parking Police, Jerem Jordan. If I recall, I never was booted at BYU. Uh, booted out or booted. Were you ever? I did not receive a boot on campus, but I did Off receive campus. a boot at the Raintree apartment complex. Raintree's famous for this. I, I, I think I got say. two different boot tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're a student, that's a lot of dough. Like 50 bucks is hard to come by, right? 50 bucks is a lot now. Uh, still, but it was a low but, point in my life. I probably said some things I shouldn't have said to the parking police officer in that moment, like Jamie Shepard, <laughs> PK type stuff. Or, no, no, okay, not so okay. much cursing, oh, okay, 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 questioning their motivation in life to be in that position. <laughs> yeah, we call by the way in my house, we don't call them swear words, we call them adult adult words. words? Oh, yeah, okay, so it's no, like not, if not mommy and daddy words. say these, then maybe it's different. Okay, uh, speaking of parking, big game boomer put out a great, perhaps his greatest list ever colleges that have great on-campus parking it's just a black screen <laughs> how would we assess the parking situation at BYU I wouldn't say it's terrible it's getting better I think it's getting better I'm awaiting the multi-tiered structure over at Provo High School somewhere like indoor well Something. that doesn't do us any good we're way too far away from that um it, it would be nice yes to have like Hey, it's the winter. We're getting snowed on. My car's not in six inches of powder at after the point, basketball game in February at 1030 at night. At what point do our big bosses at BYU TV get like their own reserved spot? Okay. So like Jeff Simpson and Ian Point, our guys. Like, yeah, well, they kind of do right now. It's not by name. But like if, if we should have their names out there. Yeah. But what would it take for you and I <laughs> Get in that scenario so that during graduation week we're okay and women's conference. Are we just and complaining all these, all we are about parking. I absolutely right am complaining about this. Right. I now. will say this: <laughs> on game day, Greg Rubel has a parking spot himself by name. Yep. But he is Greg Rubel. He is Greg. And you Rubel. are Jerem Jordan. Eh, I'm not at that level quite yet. Well, you, uh, you have avoided one the day, boot. Perhaps, but no more parking in the 30-minute parking for 37 minutes, hoping you don't get a ticket. <laughs> You're talking from your experience, not mine. Yes. <laughs> not as an employee, I, that was as a student. Oh, I was going to say, I parked no. in the A lot. A lot for no, the no. win. A lot that, for the that win. Was, okay, okay, what's yeah. on the show today? Uh, the Big 12's <laughs> more complaining about parking. Yes. Uh, no. The Big 12's latest innovation desire uh, and announcement. Let's go. It's all about the money on the TV deal and the Pac 12. <laughs> This is great. David Nixon on those and a plethora of topics, plus senior discus thrower Dallin Schertz live from Austin at the NC Outdoor Track and Field National Championships. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. To a monster. 
Oh, a Mexican bowl game fiesta. An international competition in general south of the border when you look at the Big 12. College football reporter Pete Thamel of ESPN is reporting that the Big 12 is indeed exploring a bowl game setup in Mexico beginning in 2026. In addition to that, the league will also hold regular season men's and women's basketball games between Houston and Kansas in Mexico City, that in 2024. Jerem, what do you think of the latest innovative moves and international flair put on by the Big 12 Conference? I love it. It's another move into a space uh, that the Big 12 isn't in, that no one's in in college athletics, which is going beyond the border. Listen, the Premier League has the best TV rights in the world because they have a product that is wanted internationally. This could be the next move for the NCAA in general, and maybe the Big 12 is leading the step in, hey, should there be countries that have a desire to have uh, TV rights, radio rights, Spanish TV and radio rights, actual games located there, bowl game, soccer, basketball, men and women, as you mentioned, this could be a money-making uh, you know, and brand making thing for the Big 12, which is very exciting. I love it, obviously. I have a ton of family that have from Mexico. Like, obviously, there's a personal interest there. But, like, a football uh, bowl game in Monterey is a great idea. That's one of the sites of the World Cup coming up in 26. They have an amazing stadium there. I love the basketball games. Houston and Kansas going to play there in men and women's hoops in 24. Awesome. That's next year. Um, and you see the other innovations that the Big 12 has been pushing. The pro day that is just a one conference pro day, the, the, the Mexico stuff, the separate basketball rights deal potentially later in 31. Schools across four time zones is what they're hoping to get, a.k.a. the Pacific time zone, more in-game access they talked about earlier this summer. We're just getting started. We haven't even finished year one of Brett Gormark as the Big 12 commissioner. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. The media rights thing, though, is super interesting. I do think at some point BYU is going to play a game in Mexico in some sport. Women's soccer, men and women's basketball, sure. or football. That's, that's exciting. Is it going to be a full stadium of fans who, who love college football? Probably not. But to push that direction and try and explore if there's something there. Look, it might not even work, but I love that the Big 12 is trying to innovate and push this. And again, what's the sign of a good idea, Spence? When someone says it and you go, why didn't we think of that before? Yes, that's a sign of a great idea. I think this is another one. I would love to see a bowl game in Mexico. I would love to travel to Mexico and watch a bowl game. So while it might not be tambien. Mexican nationals and like a full Mexican community watching the game, I can think of, I don't know, probably 30 or 40,000 fans from the respective fan bases that would travel down there and fill the stadium Especially. up because it's new and it's exciting and it's warmer. Especially <laughs> if you play in Arizona or Arizona State, right? Or a New Mexico type of deal where, hey, you're going across the border. It's not a crazy no. uh, you know, flight or drive. I love it. I, I love the idea. And this is all under the banner of Brett Yormark. Yep. You know, flying the flag that, hey, I, I locked in a TV deal as well. Okay, so he that That's was kind of like one. the initial like, yeah. hello, yeah. I am here. And I just produced a TV deal that is $31.7 million per school in football only. And that's without Oklahoma and Texas, the two biggest brands that are leaving for the SEC. So he comes out with that, waving that flag, and has just continued to parade around. And it's been awesome yep. to watch it happen. It's Don't be awesome. surprised to see an NBA combine happen with the Big 12 Conference either. Why not? If you do the NFL one, why not? 
There's so much happening. And then expansion. He wants to go coast to coast. Yeah, we're going international for a bowl game. He wants to go coast to coast with expansion as well. We didn't realize coast to coast would be Gulf of Mexico coast <laughs> with this. Which, by the way, correction on what I'm saying. It's more like the Texas schools going down to Monterey is an eight-hour drive from yeah. uh, Waco. So not, not crazy, right? If you have, say, Houston or Baylor involved in a bowl game there, BYU international used to going overseas whether it's on a mission or just having the fan base live across the world i, I there think there are a lot of cool, direct man. flights to mexico from the yeah. big 12 yeah. airports absolutely absolutely a uh, lot of a lot of uh, you know BYU fans vacation in mexico at some point yeah, it makes so. me excited to think about what's next from this guy what is next he he is an entertainment pushing king if you will he's not a he's not a sports AD. No. He's an entertainment, as you said. Very AD. different than that. He gets it. I think he has a vision that is elevated, and with it comes new ideas. Again, not all of these will hit or be massively successful, but the threat of innovation is a real threat to uh, not only other schools, but conferences sort of lifeblood, because if you're Colorado or Arizona, this is another thing where it's like the Pac-12 is like, we can't even do our books correctly. Yeah. We got overpaid by Comcast. And we have to pay them back. Meanwhile, the Big 12's like, let's go have a bowl game in Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, the difference between the organization and innovation and forward thinking of the Big 12 versus, say, the Pac-12 or whatever is very different at this point. And there is sort of an uh, intellectual battle, obviously financial battle, more on that in a second, between these two leagues because... If you're those schools in the Pac-12 and you're looking at the Big 12, if you can get more money sure. and they continue to innovate and obviously elevate, you need good teams. You need championships. You need winning. You need culture. You need academics. You need all that stuff. But the Big 12 is doing great work. Like The Big 12 is constantly relevant, it feels like, in the national conversation because they're coming up with new ideas. And they're not just crazy, weird ideas. Ideas aren't good in and of themselves. They have to be good ideas. And I think these are good ideas. I'm excited about this. I think this could be really, really fun. It's groundbreaking in a way. It's different. It's unique. And it's, but it's not crazy. Like playing a couple of games a year in Mexico yeah. is not nuts. I would love women's soccer, by the way, okay. to have a game in Mexico. Um, and a reminder, teams in the NCAA play international games all the time. They just don't count, right? Like you're talking about a regular season game down there. That's what we're talking about, right? Uh, with with men and women's basketball and and the the po or the postseason, right? Like women's soccer just and volleyball just went to Europe and Africa and played games. They didn't count, but they could count in Mexico in the Big Twelve. Jaron, basketball is an incredibly international sport right now. Totally, it's starting to rival soccer in some ways. Okay, think we'll never touch it, but it's going it's, that direction. It's absolutely moving in that yeah. direction. Think about the NBA, the last three MVP awards. Yep. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's Greek. And then Nikola Jokic is from Serbia. He's won it twice. Like, international jo players. Joel, uh, Joel Embiid, Embiid. Cameroon. Yep. These are all international players that have been the MVP over the last three to four years. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. So I would not be shocked at all to see or hear Brett Yormark say, yeah, we're going to uh, play some games in Europe because basketball is massive in Europe. And we're going to take our college stars over there, Kansas, Houston, or wherever. I don't think this is just a Mexico thing. I think basketball and soccer could go across the pond and play in Europe. Right, totally. Regular season a little harder with that amount oh, of travel. Like going to Monterey scenario. is like, like the Texas schools going to Monterey is like BYU going to West Virginia. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's less than that probably for – It's a shorter trip. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, BYU going to Monterey is probably like going to West Virginia in terms of travel or whatever. Europe is another thing. When it's the NFL and it's one game a week, a little more doable. To blow out sort of, uh, I guess, a week, you'd have, you'd have to be like, all right, we play Saturday, we leave Monday, and then we play Wednesday and Friday and we get back What I'm saying is it could be a multi-team event. Yeah, no, you'd take right? multiple teams. Yeah, yeah. a multi-team yeah. event over You in need at least two, of course. London or France or Spain, somewhere, and it's like... You take four. This is awesome. Or something. Or you can do non-conference and just blow out sure. a week and just play in an uh, MTE there. Yeah. All of these schools are recruiting international players. We're seeing the international game hit college more and more and more. BYU knows it very well, right? Like, we're seeing international stars make their way into the college game. Yeah, which, by the more. way, Joel Embiid, Big 12 guy. Kansas, Kansas. there you go. Yeah. There you go. Topic, now he's our guy. Uh, topic two. Who doesn't love a good dumpster fire? Right? <laughs> I know you, I do. I've never seen a dumpster fire in real life, but uh, <laughs> we're, watching, <laughs> we're watching one a little bit with the backdrop. This is a fascinating dumpster fire. Yesterday, multi- <laughs> throw a couch in there. Yesterday, multiple reports said the presidents of the Pac-12 schools had agreed to the language of a future grant of rights for the league okay. in the post-UCLA-USC era. Later in the day, Arizona President Robert Robbins, it's a real name, refuted that saying. I have not been informed, quoted, about any information in this tweet. I'm looking forward to hearing from my own commissioner. Mm. Do we have a deal? I have been very confident we would all stay together in the Pac-10. Yeah, he said Pac-10. Well, I was confident we would get a deal. I don't know exactly when, the, uh, when we're getting a deal, but I'd say it's a matter of weeks. Okay. Robbins was also asked if Arizona would be interested in moving conferences, a.k.a. the Big 12. Depends on what our financial deal is. Indeed. I screamed this yesterday. They just are we waiting all, to see that it. number on the TV deal. We, we all knew it. We just want someone to say it, and he did. He said it. They're just waiting for the number, Spence. This whole situation feels so funny to me because, it, like, again and again and again, we see Pac-12 ADs or presidents say, oh, well, we've done this. And look, it's almost like saying, look at our bandage. Isn't it nice? Is it, look, look, it's healing. Look at this. This is good. They speak right? words of affirmation as a love language so strong, but it's to themselves. It's, it's kind of weird. It's like, ah, oh, we're good. We're good. Our marriage is we're fine. Okay. When you say that a lot, it makes me think like, maybe it's something's not. Something's wrong. <laughs> like if you keep, you keep pointing what? to the dressing on the wound or whatever, like, it's okay. We're taking care of it. See, we're, we're See, healing. the scar we're tissue healing. is we're forming. We're taking care of it. Yeah, look, it's not bleeding anymore. We don't have a blood clot. Finally, someone said what it's about. Yes. Fine, thank you. Thank you, because we all knew it. We were just waiting for someone to say it. We got to see what the deal is and what the money is. And then I can tell you if we're interested in going to the Big 12 or not. I, I thought the money's not academics. good? Absolutely we're interested in going to the Big 12. If the money is okay and it's close, then we'll probably stay in the Pac-12. There was no mention of research institution, which was quite odd to me. Um, yeah, we're just waiting on that number. If the number's not good enough, and again, I would add, it's, maybe it's not just about the number. Like, if it's all, let's say it's all streaming rights, but it approximated the Big 12 number of 31.7. Let's say it was 27, but it was all streaming. Is that good enough? Are you exposed? Are you being seen? Are you, are you going to have, um, are bars around the country going to pull up Apple TV Plus to make sure or that Amazon Arizona Prime. State and, and Washington is on in, the, in Applebee's? Um, that's the kind of exposure that you get in ESPN and Fox is that the average just random place has your games on. If it's streaming only, but the money's good, is it all about the money? Is it about the exposure? Like what, 
linear brands you're still attached to. The streaming era is upon us, but it is not the yes. dominant force at this point that I think some thought it would be in 2023. Yes, we're all streaming stuff. To some degree on YouTube TV, I'm still streaming ESPN, if you will. But it's ESPN. Like, it's, it's just different. And game day highlights you in a different way than you would have been. Uh, what if you're not with ESPN and Fox? Does Big Noon kickoff and game day even mention you in the same degree? Do you take a hit in terms of just in the conversation yeah. relevance from that point? And at that point, if it's not good enough for a Arizona, who, by the way, said, yeah, if we go, we'd probably be with Arizona State. Like, that was brought up, too. Do they then make the move? And the Big 12 is primed and ready for if they want to join the Big 12, they would, they would be there. I talked to you about this yesterday, and I'm going to defend the Pac-12 a little bit. How dare you on this? I'm just kidding. I don't care. They just lost the Los Angeles market yeah. with USC Huge. and UCLA. It's the second biggest market in America. And I know people are like, ah, oh, TV markets are overrated. When it's a top two market, it's Los Angeles, and you just have so many television homes and people. Eight million people in Los Angeles alone, not to mention the whole Southern California area. The Pac-12 has no presence in Los Angeles right now. This is making it incredibly difficult for them to negotiate what the conference is worth when you don't have not just your two biggest brands, Jerem, but the Los Angeles market. The Big 12 lost Austin and Oklahoma City. Those are not Los Angeles. They lost the two biggest brands. Texas and Oklahoma are huge. They're not dealing with losing Los Angeles. That's really, really difficult for George Klyovkov and the Pac-12 to navigate. What is the deal worth if you don't have L.A.? That's, that's and tough. I think that's the, the massive hang-up here is, well, we feel like our brands are good, and they are. Come on, Washington, Oregon, Still Utah, good. those are great brands. L.A. market, no U.S. ESL. Oh, that's brutal to overcome. I would argue Oregon is the huge brand. Washington's really good. Utah's emerging. Yeah, sure, Not sure. the same sort of national scope as Washington quite yet. But solid but like programs. Good. good brands. Yeah, Stanford and Cal, super strong. Yeah, Stanford has a massive brand as well. Yeah. But in the end, the Big 12 seems to have survived the loss of the burnt orange yeah. and Boomer Sooner quite well so far. Yeah, L.A.'s like... Better than I thought, honestly. The Big Ten's like, hey, we just got a bunch of the L.A. market to sign up for packages that have the Big Ten network. They're like, oh, we're making up for Rutgers in Maryland. There you go. Finally. There you go. They've not been hurting financially for a while in spite of that. It just gets better for them. It just gets better. It just gets better and gets worse for the Pac-12. Our question of the day. Back to the international idea of college football in Mexico, a bowl game. After those reports came out that a bowl game in 2026 could happen, and that regular season basketball games in 2024 in Mexico will happen. Where is your ideal international college football bowl game location? We should note, BYU has played internationally. In 1978, they played a football game against UNLV in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in 1987, they went to Australia and played Colorado State. In December, to like end the whack season. Which that's, is, a, that's amazing. Which is crazy. Mad Eye Cosmo on Twitter says, what would be super cool would be to go to Brazil and Korea. Sao Paulo. Two places we served our respective missions. Yeah. That way, Jerem Jordan could call the game in Portuguese and Spencer Linton in Korean. Yes. Uh, no. Let's make church Portuguese. <laughs> There's no way I could call a game. Touchdown, Nida! 
That would I'm be, ready. That would be wild. I'm ready. Dude. Andrew Carpenter on Facebook says, hey, if they played in Cancun, they couldn't take my money fast enough. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> what stadium they're what stadium do they have in Cancun that would hold it? Post it to down. <laughs> yes. Please point in the press box where no one's looking at you. Okay, July 1st, it's the big party, or grande, as we now say in the Big 12. Uh, July 1st, join us as we celebrate BYU's entrance into the Big 12. The game day crew will be there with interviews with coaches and players as well. July 1st, 5 to 7 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. All right, I'm ready to go to Korea for this. I'm, I'm offering my broadcast abilities. David Nixon, what does he think about an international bowl game? We'll ask him next on BYU Sports Nation. on the tackle. The Cougars are celebrating. Ben Bywater, the tackle. BYU, and he's going in, touchdown! Keanu Hill, what a play, and what a night! We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We've got some international flair on today's show with the news that the Big 12 is seeking to play a bowl game in Mexico. With that in mind, we welcome in former NFL and BYU linebacker great David Nixon to the show. David, I know you are a man of international mystery and many international Mm -hmm. travels for that matter. What do you think of the prospect of BYU football or anybody in the Big 12 potentially playing a bowl game in Mexico? Listen, I I like the idea. My thing as a former player, and I think all former players, they just want to play in in a stadium full of people. You want to play on prime time. You want to play against a good opponent. And so if you can check all those three boxes, if, if they can fill the stadium down there in Mexico, you can throw them on ESPN, ABC, um, and you play a great team, then, yeah, why not? I mean, I think it's fun. Maybe that time of year, a little vacation for the family to, to pop down. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for it. Switch it up a little bit. Hey, listen, you're talking to a guy who went to three straight years of the Vegas Bowl. So I wouldn't take anything, <laughs> I wouldn't take anything other than Las Vegas. So, yeah, why not throw it to Mexico? Yeah, and, and in Monterey, that stadium's pretty cool. It's it's uh, got a great background. You know, we're used to that here in Utah, of course. But uh, it could be interesting. And what do you want out of a bowl game, David? Because everyone wants something different. Some people want, like most people are like, I want a good opponent. I don't care where it is. But as a player, how much did it matter physically where that game was versus whoever you played? For me, it meant a lot. I'll be honest. I wouldn't want to go play up in Boise at that time of the year and, and have freezing cold temperatures. Um, I think first and foremost, I would say opponent. I, I could probably bear the cold and go play, a, a, you know, back in our day, a P5 team, some some great opponent. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I prefer opponent, but then location next. I mean, the Hawaii Bowl, those are always good bowls uh, for the players. Because remember, this is at the end of a long, grueling year. You're tired. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of time. You got to prep. Typically, you go down three, four, five days early for a bowl game, so you're there in that community for almost a full week. Um, and so, you want a place that's pretty cool that you can go out and have fun outside of your uh, your practice hours. And so, yeah, Mexico, I think, would be something that would uh, open up the eyes of a lot of these kids who have never traveled outside the country. So, it'd be a fun opportunity for most of them. And it'll be interesting this year because there's only one game that's before Christmas uh, that's tied in with the Big Twelve. Talk to me about the difference between playing in a bowl game that's before Christmas versus, say, after. Yeah, listen, I, most of our Vegas bowls were all pre-Christmas. Um, I, I love the bowl, the bowl. I mean, so the, the problem is you finish your last regular season game and you have that long wait until your bowl game. And, and to your point, if bowl games are after Christmas, 
you can be waiting four or five weeks to play another game. In the meantime, you're practicing. They, they've got to keep you practicing, obviously. Um, and then, and then if you play a bowl game after Christmas, you have to go home for Christmas and then come back and keep training. And even during Christmas break, you have to stay in shape. I love the pre-Christmas bowl games. You kind of have two or three weeks, get ready, get it done, kind of move on. Um, but you know, once again, it's, uh, it is what it is uh, for, for these guys date. I think that's something you just have to obviously, uh, work around and, and make do. David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker is on BYU sports nation. While we ponder about bowl game possibilities, Let's ponder and humor me, if you will, about the expansion possibilities for the Big 12 Conference. David, you grew up in the heart of the Big 12 Conference in College Station. You know all about it. You know its history. You know the teams that were originally there. So as currently constituted with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, if you could handpick two, four, however many you want, which teams would you add to the Big 12 that you make you feel like, okay, this is what the Big 12 needs to be. Listen, having, as you mentioned, having grown up around the Big 12, uh, I'd love the idea of bringing Colorado back in. I mean, that, that's a team that was in the mix there um, going all the way back in the day. And so I like Colorado. And, and I know a lot of BYU fans are split on this, the whole Utah debate, whether you want to leave them and, and, and have them go back to the Mountain West because the Pac-12 crumbles or whatever it may be. I'm in the camp that I would love to see Utah come to the Big 12. I would love to see that the robbery rekindled and we play that more on a yearly basis. Um, it's just, it's fun for the players. The players love it, look forward to it. The fans, I think there's probably a mixed bag of uh, feelings of, on that one, just because there is a lot of uh, spite between the two fan bases. But um, I, I would love to see those two. And I think picking up the two Arizona schools would be uh, fun to kind of uh, have that market as well. Obviously, you know, with UCLA, USC moving on, or the talks of Oregon and Washington moving on, I think those are your best options for the pack. Now, obviously, that's a whole other conversation if you open up the ACC and what's going on there. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's a lot of options. But look at the Pac-12 and become a regional perspective. I love that in Colorado, Utah, the two Arizona schools. That, that'd be probably my pick. Um, but listen, I also understand the argument where you leave Utah in the dust and, uh, you know, <laughs> a little, maybe a little payback per se. But I like to put the payness aside, and I would, I would love to – to be able to have them here in the uh, in the Big 12 at some point. It depends on your P&V level, your petty and vindictiveness level. Yeah. Uh, if it's super high, yeah, you want Utah in the dust for at least 12 years because that's what it was for BYU. Okay, BYU football has brought in 20 transfers. That's more than the previous three or four years combined. What are the pros and cons of that many dudes plugging into the, the system and the culture this season? Man, I mean, this, this is a crazy time. To your point, we're seeing kids. The Tiger kid was a recent recent pickup, right? I mean, this is an ever evolving landscape with with college football, where you can bring in these kids and, and immediately change the face of your program. I'm not saying Tiger's going to do that, but but the, these transfers can come do that overnight. Um, and so, I think there's a lot of pros as long as you can go pick up some studs uh, and you can fill in the voids of, of of injuries that happen, where guys are now going to be out nine months because ACL. He's a major contributor. Great, we got to go pick up a backer. We go pick up a D lineman or pick up a receiver. Um, and so. The, the portal's great in that sense that you can go you can go immediately improve your roster overnight. And keep in mind, all these all these transfers, I'd say obviously the vast majority of them are coming from programs where they contributed. And, and hopefully BYU, you're picking up studs that were starters um, and big time players. And so these aren't like freshmen coming in where you've got to develop them and, and they've got to catch up to the speed of the game. These are kids that have been playing at that level, hopefully, for the last couple of years and been looking for a new home. And so they really are one of those plug and play type situations where you bring them in and, and they're playing right away. So that's 
that's a huge pro. Uh, you know, con-wise, I, I think maybe it instills a little bit of amongst the current players. You're never quite sure if your job, what, what your status is of your job, if guys are going to yeah. come in and steal your job. And there's some, some insecurities there. Um, but I think the pros, honestly, I think the pros outweigh the cons. And that's just a, that's just what the current football landscape is. I mean, it's 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 like NFL. Your, your job's up for grabs, and you better go out there and perform. Otherwise, you got, might have a guy coming in and taking your spot. All right, David, allow me to use a grossly overused phrase in sports and teams, but BYU's trying to gel together. How much will the two early games that BYU is on paper supposed to dominate and two easier opponents compared to the 10 power fives they will face in a row after that, how much will those two games help, really, the team gel with all of these new parts and the 20 transfers among other new faces? I think it helps, obviously. That's why every school, P5 school, does it. They get they get a few easy games uh, up front, and then from there you 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 know backload your schedule. Uh, but these guys are going to have plenty of time during fall camp. That's what fall camp's for. You go ones versus ones, so you're going your best guys on offense versus your best guys on defense, and that should give you a good look uh, and, and get you prepared for for this you know the this, this schedule down the road. Um, but yeah, it takes time. Listen, it, it, it takes some time for these guys to kind of understand where guys are fitting. Uh, for example, if I, as a backer, a new D lineman, I've got to understand that, you know, what, what he likes to do in certain situations. If there's a guard or tackle pool, how he likes to fit that up. And I've got to, I've got to play off that. Same thing with the safeties. they got to play off the backers. And that does take a little bit of time. And it's tough because right now during summer workouts, you can't, you can't mimic that, right? You, you can't go out there and put pads on. And so you, it's tough for you to know and, and, and feel that out right now. But once again, that's what fall camp is for. And so I think those two games definitely help. It's, it's much nicer than BYU's used to, where BYU's usually just jumping straight into the fire with, yeah. the, with the P throughout the bat. So, um, you know, it, this will definitely help as they prepare themselves for the first year of a, man, what an incredible season coming up, obviously. Along those lines, what is more unknown? Who and what BYU is as a team, given all the losses and additions? Or who and what the Big 12 will be this year? That's a good question. I think for BYU, it's obviously the Big 12. I think they understand more or less what they have, and they, you can control that. Whereas in the Big 12, this is going to be a whole new experience. And, and I think for, for all the players, and frankly, even for the coaches, it is how do you acclimate to now playing this type of schedule? And, and not only is it you're playing these P5 opponents, which is one thing, but now you have the, have the added pressure of you're vying for a championship, and, and, and you're worried about wins and losses within conference. I mean, there's that's a whole different – deal that BYU hasn't had to deal with independence. Independence was just game by game. This is more, there's some strategy in place of how to manage the schedule and uh, how to take care of opponents, et cetera. And so um, it's a whole new element that they're, they're dealing with. And so I think there's going to be some adjustment all around, I think from the players and from the coaches uh, as they roll into the Big 12. So it'll be fun to see how they manage it. David, it's a wide open conference race from our perspective at this point. Super exciting. As you said, what an incredible season we have to look forward to. Lastly, I want to ask, what's the better rivalry right now between BYU and Utah or between Big 12 conference fans and Pac-12 fans? <laughs> because it's the offseason, it's 100% between the fan bases. There's, not, <laughs> there's nothing else right now to talk about other than whose conference is better. And it is, I can't wait for the football season to finally get here so we can settle it on the field and just put in 
focus on each other's teams and not sit there and, and go back and forth on uh, whose who's TV numbers are bigger and, and who's, who's got better wins and losses. I honestly can't stand it. And so I'm, I, this is that time of year we just have to bear with it. We've got June and July until actually fall camp starts. You just got to take Twitter for what it's worth right now. Uh, and then once fall camp goes around, then we can focus on actual football. All right, I'll ask Elon Musk what the actual Twitter value numbers are in just a little bit. David, great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, always fun, guys. David Nixon, former NFL and BYU linebacker. It is true. The offseason is is more conjecture than anything else. Right? So we're spinning our wheels Conference on Conference measuring. Months. Yes, always. It was gym measuring in the WCC, and now it's TV contract measuring. Join us tomorrow as we look back at BYU's 2019 overtime win against USC. Fun one, Keaton Slovis on the other side. Of course, Zach Wilson and the gang for BYU. We talked to Zach Wilson and Kalani Sitake and others coming up Friday, noon Eastern, in the BYU Sports Nation slot. We love tradition, spirit, and honor here at BYU. Thanks, Bronco. Well, the West Coast Conference is sending BYU out and allowing them to maintain a tradition that is very unique to BYU. We'll explain next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Make sure to follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the 24-hour day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. This morning, the Big 12 announced the creation of Big 12 Mexico, an extension of the conference that will see men and women's basketball, women's soccer, and baseball games held in Mexico. Houston and Kansas will meet in December of 2024 in men's hoops in Mexico City specifically. The league is also exploring starting a bowl game in Monterey in 2026. The league is also working with Fox and ESPN to get the Big 12 into Spanish-speaking communities for select football and basketball games, including Spanish radio broadcasts starting next season of the Big 12 title in football and men's basketball. That, this is a big move, and it's exciting to see the Big 12 going to Mexico, man. Absolutely. BYU, as they leave the West Coast Conference, they leave as victors of the WCC Commissioner's Cup once again. Tenth consecutive time that BYU's athletic department has won the WCC Commissioner's Cup and the Women's All Sports Award given to the top performing institution in the conference. Listen, never got that men's basketball championship, but gosh dang it, we got 10 WCC Commissioner's Cups in a row. Essentially, you're the best athletic department in the conference 10 straight years. I would hope so, Spencer. Track and field, three Cougars earned first team All-American honors on day one of the NCAA Championships in Austin. Led by Casey Klinger taking third in the 10K, his seventh first team All-American finish in the outdoor indoor track. Brandon Garnica placed 16th in the same race to be second team All-American. Pole vault, Caleb Witzkin took sixth. Cameron Bates took eighth in the javelin. Congrats to the 4 by 400 team set a new school record. They finished 17th. The women begin today led by Ashton Reiner-Lunt who looks to defend her national title in the javelin. Claire Seymour's ranked second in the 800. Sierra Tidwell Alfin is third in the high jump and Lexi Halliday-Lowry is sixth in the steeplechase. BYU women's basketball has promoted Josh Edwards to Director of Player Development. Last year, he was BYU's Director of Video and Strategy. He spent the last seven seasons as an assistant coach at College of Southern Idaho before coming to BYU in his current position. Stop all signs, Lily Owens, 5'9 infielder from Lehigh. That's uh, home of CJ McCollum, of course. And uh, Leah Ogbayani, a grad transfer from Cal, former Hawaii Gatorade Player of the Year. Her sister, Ilana, was uh, on the team this last year. 
Onto volleyball, Trent Mosier and the Team USA under 21 squad fall to Cuba in five sets in the Pan Am Cup. They'll play again today. Mosier led the team with 25 kills. He had 441 in that five set loss. It's a monster performance. And the Cubs recalled Michael Rucker back up to the majors, where last night he retired three straight batters in the seventh, got out of a base loaded jam in the eighth for two scoreless innings and a 6-2 loss to the Halos and in AAA, the Columbus Clippers. Daniel Schneeman had a hit and an RBI. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's opinionate, shall we? Yesterday, Messi announced he's headed to Inter-Miami of MLS. Ticket prices soared for his potential debut against Cruz Azul to the point where a ticket to that game was more expensive than the cheapest ticket to Game 3 of the NBA Finals, also okay. in Miami. Which one, a game would you rather go to? The NBA Finals. 100%. I love Messi. <laughs> I can see Messi playing Salt Lake or at another regular season game. I don't have to be there for the first play regular season game. We're talking about the elite competition in worldwide professional basketball. There's no bigger tournament, if you will, than the NBA Finals. But to someone in Miami, Messi a bigger deal than the Finals right now. I, I would, if it's cheaper, oh man, take my money and let me go to the Finals in Miami in South Beach. There's a Finals ticket that's under a thousand? Under 500. You and I went to a Miami Heat game back in 2014 before the bowl game. That was fun, man. We had a good time. The BYU team did as well. We worked out better seats. <laughs> <laughs> we did see sitting best seats. 11th row. Yeah, that was fun. We did not pay $441, that's for sure. No, we did not. <laughs> Up next, BYU track and field. As Jerem just chronicled, doing some work in Austin, Texas. They look to continue their impressive performance at Nationals, led by Dallin Schertz, yeah. discus thrower. He's joining us next from Austin. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's head to Nationals for NCAA track and field and catch up with one of our high-performing BYU Cougars. He is Dallin Schertz on the men's track and field team. He is an elite discus thrower. And Dallin, I know this is a busy time for you. I know you got a lot on your mind. Is uh, You have to wait a little bit before you compete, but uh, thanks for the time today. Of course. How are you feeling today as you prepare for one of the biggest competitions that you've ever been in as a track and field athlete? Um, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I was throwing this morning with Nick, just kind of working out some cues. Uh, I mean, when you throw, you kind of want to, like, have something to tell yourself when you walk in the ring. And uh, we were just kind of – kind of brushing out the wrinkles, figuring all that out, so that tomorrow I'm just going in confident, ready to slam a throw. You're ranked eighth in the country right now. Um, is first team All-American the goal at this point? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Just get the finals and be in the top eight. That's my goal. Right on. And listen, when you think about how many discus throwers there are across the country, be top eight is incredible. So, understandably, it comes that first-team All-American uh, nomination, if you will, or honor. What, what do you feel like is your ceiling, Dallin? Like, you're ranked number eight right now. What do you feel like is, realistically, the top that you could throw and, and accomplish down in Austin? I think if I hit a good one, I could hit a 
a solid 63 to 64 meters, which kind of translates to 210 feet, 205. Um, anything over 60, I'll be pretty happy with, though, because that'll probably get me into finals. So if I throw 60, it's a good day. If I throw 64, it's an amazing day. Anything, anything in between is, is pretty acceptable. What's the key to getting 60-plus? Um, you got to use your legs. Throwing is a is a leg event, ironically. Um, I mean, I could go on this jargon about discus terminology and how you gotta create a connection with your upper body to the lower body and then move through the ring in the most efficient way possible. But um, ultimately, it's just being consistent, um, having great connection, catching the disc far back, being physics right the more you apply force to an object the faster it goes so if i have a longer path of, of, of discus it'll release at a higher speed of release um, and if my technique is good then i'll release that speed of release at a controlled angle where we can soar out and fly out to where i want it to land dallin shirts is with us on byu sports nation joining us from austin texas he's preparing to throw the discus at the track and field national championships Dallin, if you could explain what the team vibe is like right now. Vibe check. Yeah, and, and just how involved are you with those BYU athletes that are down there? Do you get to watch them all? Do you get to spend time with them, or is it pretty spread out? What, what's the vibe and the situation like? It's like in the middle somewhere. Um, I'm definitely keeping tabs on everybody and how they do. Uh, I watched my teammate Cam through yesterday. That was, that was a nail-biter for sure. Um, and uh, Caleb Witzkin, Casey Klinger, and everybody else. It's, it's just fun to, to talk to them when we're all getting ready. You know, there, there's limited amount of time for us individually, of course, because we're all trying to get ready for our events. So you, you, you kind of have to take a little self-care to account when we do that. But when we got time before we compete like I did yesterday. It's really fun to go watch and support and, uh, you know, lose your voice a little bit because you're cheering so hard. <laughs> Oh, Isaac Wood a couple of years ago uh, really set the tone for that, I think, right? Um, you, you mentioned Cameron Bates took uh, eighth in the javelin. We had him in studio a couple weeks ago, which was fun. Caleb Witzkin, he's he's the one in the pole vault that has, has like, the blue line, right? He's going, like, uh, Anakin Skywalker mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that apprentice Jedi. <laughs> he's probably using the force to get over the bar. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Um, okay, you're from Banks, Oregon, which is west of Portland. Um, are you wishing this had been at Tracktown, USA, and Eugene a little bit so you could stay in Oregon, or is it okay that it's in Austin at Texas? It's okay that it's in Austin. It is kind of weird because for the last few years, everything's been in Eugene. Like NCAA Nationals, we've had the USA Nationals last year in Eugene as well. And the year before that, it was also in Eugene. So it, it, it does feel a little bit more low-key because it's in Austin. The, the, the stadium isn't, like, at, as grandeur, as amazing as it, like, as it looks in Eugene. But, I mean, kind of nice mentally. I mean, just so chill. We're out here trying to do our best and eat well. Dallin Schertz is on BYU Sports Nation. Discus thrower for BYU at the NCAA Track and Field Championships. Dallin how are the conditions and the weather going to impact what you're capable of doing and all the throwers are capable of? Is it ideal? Is it tougher? What, what's that like? That's a great question. It's humid, and I tend to have sweaty palms, so I use a ton of chalk. 
to make sure my hands are dry when I throw. There's nothing worse than throwing with wet hands. The disc just slips out. You waste a throw. So personally, I just use a bunch of chalk. Now, as far as the temperature goes, I mean, you just got to hydrate well and be careful there. Um, for discus throwing, you want a good headwind. And we, we've been having a consistent headwind here. I'm looking at the, the ring right now, kind of getting a breeze all morning, which has been nice. So hopefully we have that tomorrow evening. So, I mean, that, that that's it for me. Javelin throwers don't typically like to have a lot of wind just because the jab is so much longer and it just gets pushed around a lot easier when it's windy. Uh, we don't have any girls disc throwers, but the wind affects them more than it affects the guys just because it's lighter. And shot put, doesn't matter. It can be windy or not. Just make sure the ring's dry and you're good. So, Will you turn the phone around yeah. and show us a little bit of what you're seeing there? Yeah, so... Um, I don't know if you can see it, but yep. that cage right there, that's where I'm going to be throwing tomorrow, okay. most likely. They do have another ring at the other end of the track, but I don't think they're going to be there tomorrow night. I think it'll be on this end. All right, brother. Hey, so, we're, se we're right sending you the track is, yeah. We're sending you good karma for not just a great throw, but the ideal headwind and conditions, man. Good luck. Congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Can't wait to see what you do tomorrow. Thank you very much. Dallin Schertz is on BYU Sports Nation. Dude, I, it, it really is like details. It's in the details. He's and he was talking, talking about, about the difference all between 60 things. and 64. Like, if he throws 64, that'd be the uh, fifth best throw in the country this year. All year. His top is 62, 21 meters. He's eighth in the country. By the way, always like Dallin. Dude from the 503, he also went to Porto Alegre on his mission. There you go. I don't know if it was north or south. That does make a difference. <laughs> there was a rivalry between the two missions. There's your tie right there. <laughs> okay, if you missed any interviews, D-Blue shows, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or the free BYU TV app. Up next, we reveal the results from yesterday's BYU football best wins bracket matchup between the 5 seed and the 12 seed, and then we're bringing in Beck oh, to Harleen in okay today's now. matchup. How's that going to lose? It's not. No it's way. BYU Sports Nation. No way. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. What a stop at the goal line. If they had video review, maybe that's it. Uh, BYU Sports Station On Demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the pod, subscribe, rate, and review. We're on the path to determining the greatest BYU football win of all time in our BYU football best wins bracket. We are now four matchups in. We'll reveal that fourth matchup in just a moment, but not before we reveal the results from yesterday's 5-12 matchup between the no five question. seed... The 1996 BYU football team winning the Cotton Bowl on January 1st of 97 yep. Yep. against Kansas State. And that game took on the 12 seed, which was 2018's win against number six Wisconsin. Cotton Bowl should slay in this. And they did. Moving on into the second round with 82.3% of that vote yep. is the win over Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. There you go. Not okay. a shocker there. It's time now for the matchup of the day. He's going to score a touchdown for Brigham Young. Pulls it down, and they give it to a touchdown. And the Cougars are right back in business. BYU swarms the field. They win it. Oh, baby. 2006 Utah's the four seed versus the 13 seed 1984 Pitt. 
How does 06 Utah get beat in this entire competition? Maybe Miami, Miracle Bowl, and so on. Gonna be fun. 2006 Utah, a couple of notes. He was number 21 in this game. They lost four in a row against Utah. Oh yeah. He scored the first 14, then gave up 24 and answered. Retook the lead. Utah scores late, just over a minute left. John Beck to Johnny Harleen, of course. Beck to Harleen, famous Johnny Harleen over Eric Weddle. Bobbled that one, that was one of three. The second uh, touchdown catch of three for Johnny Harleen. Of course, John Beck finds his guy and finds Johnny Harleen as BYU locks up its first 10 win season since 01. We are in the lower left of the screen on this play. 33-31, mm. unbelievable. Hard to beat this. BYU went on to the Las Vegas Bowl where they embarrassed Oregon, which is also great. In 1984, <laughs> this is the season opener, the first college football game live on ESPN ever. Pretty cool. And BYU upset then number three Pittsburgh to begin the season, Locke, hey, Locke! Showing some toughness right there. Get out the way. Robbie Bosco hit Adam Haysbert, brother of Dennis Haysbert, President Palmer from the show 24 and the yes. Allstate guy. Yes. Adam was the star here before yes, Dennis was. was. <laughs> nice. The game winner from Robbie Bosco, it launched BYU's national championship campaign. Love that game. You ain't holding the candle to 06 Utah, though. I'm sorry. It's the second highest ranked team that BYU's ever beaten behind only number one ranked Miami. Pretty good. Then number three, Pittsburgh. Let's yep. not talk about what Pittsburgh did the rest of the season. Whatever. 3 7. <laughs> <laughs> Go and vote. You help us determine the best win ever. All right. Our question of the day deals with international competition and playing in a bowl game, perhaps in Mexico, based on the Big 12 news. Our elite response of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, comes from Nate Crowley on Twitter, who says, well, it wouldn't be for a huge crowd, but there's only one right answer for BYU in terms of an international bowl game. Mm. Tonga and or Samoa. Tonga Ooh, or Samoa. That would be fun. So much rich history in those islands alone. Absolutely. But especially for the BYU football family. Oh, yeah. I would love that. It's a great take. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Casey Klinger, all-timer, third in the 10K yesterday at Outdoor National, seven-time track All-American, four-time All-American in cross-country, School records in the Outdoor 5K, Indoor 3K, Indoor 5K, Indoor DMR. One of the best Woo! ever at BYU. What well a done, Casey. Our what thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Dallin Schertz. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Matt Allen. We'll see you tomorrow for a BYU Sports Nation special. Go Cougs.